We all know 2020 has been a rough year for the world, and so I love this uplifting conversation with today's guest, Jamie Kolnick. Jamie is a writer, a mom of two, musician, philanthropist, and the founder and CEO of a nationwide children's music company called Jam with Jamie. While her company was primarily an in-person event-based business, she quickly pivoted during the pandemic into the online space and is now thriving as she's able to reach millions of children all over the country with her music programs. But what I found the most inspiring about Jamie is that she's currently writing a comedic coming-of-age memoir about loss. Jamie lost her father to leukemia, her mother to cancer, and her brother to a car accident. And through those experiences, she learned so much about how to approach grief and loss in your life. She talks about how life and loss are intertwined, and no matter what, we will all experience loss in our life as it's the common thread between all humans. And loss can look different to each person. It doesn't have to just be a loss of life, but it can be like what a lot of us are feeling in 2020, a loss of a job, a loss of a relationship, a loss of a feeling, or a loss of just anything. Part of Jamie's mission with the book is to also give tools to how to communicate with people who are grieving because it's so often a really difficult subject matter. Jamie's stories and journey are extremely uplifting and empowering, so I really hope you all take a moment to listen to the entire episode and afterwards reach out to a friend who might be struggling with something and ask them a simple question. How are you today? Not just how are you, but how are you today? I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Hello and welcome to the show. Today I'm bringing on Jamie Kolnick. She is coming to us from New York and was in the epicenter of everything going on, and she has an awesome company called Jam with Jamie, but today... I really wanted to talk to her about all the things that have happened in her life to bring her to where she is today and all of kind of the things that could help you mamas out there. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you. So to start, what is your biggest mom win of the week? Mom win of the week. I woke up today. No, um, yes. <laughs> I woke up, I brushed my teeth and I, I worked out this morning. It's Yay. like, like I've, been, I've been doing, I'm a big Beachbody fan. I don't know if you've heard of Beachbody. Oh, I've yes. been a fan of Beachbody <laughs> for years and years and years. I even used to be a coach. <laughs> My brother made so much fun of me. He's like, stop trying to sell me Shakeology. I'm like, it's really good for you. Actually, you um, know what? My son loved that protein powder. I just, I it's haven't actually bought amazing. it. He ended up buying it, by the way, not because I was like, buy it for me, but like, first of all, 
very important. It gets your bowels going. <laughs> it's like, well, anything that gets of- that going <laughs> is good for your gut. I and mean, we all know I good had, poop. <laughs> I had stomach issues for years and years and years. And I started Shakeology and all of it went away. Seriously, it all went away. Meanwhile, I'm not really drinking it that much right now because it's pretty high in sugar, but it's delicious. <laughs> I haven't tried the adult version, but my son loved it. It was a strawberry banana one and we like won it in an auction. And I was like, okay, we'll try this because he always wants like a protein shake that we have. But I haven't bought a new one because it's really expensive. (laughs) It is. It's really expensive. And 90 bucks or something. But like I was a coach and like when you're a coach, you get 20% off all the products which is kind of why I was a coach. No, I actually did sign on friends and ended up helping them like get healthy during that time. And it was so rewarding to help them find something to get healthy and motivated. I actually have a friend now, Rachel Johnson, who's another Mama member. And she um, started a company called Eight on Me, which is about all about getting friends together to help each other get healthy. So it's like the new Beachbody for me, Beachbody community for me. But I'm still doing Beachbody on demand programs. And I did 21 day fix this morning. I'm on day 16 of 21 because 21 days is not intimidating, right? Like anybody can do 21 days. And I feel really good that I'm on day 16. So that's my mom went. That's amazing. I was on the workout train because I was doing this program that was 28 days. So a week longer, uh-huh. but it had like food and stuff involved with it because I'm trying to get rid of all the postpartum, like just fog and bloat and all of that stuff. But like by day 21, I got sick. And so unfortunately I took a little break, but we're going to get back on this. And yes. by the way, this episode was not supposed to be about a uh, beach body or wellness. It's totally not, but yes. it's really important to, to, to focus on your health so that everything else can, for me, when I am eating well and working out, I just feel overall like mentally more healthy. Like I'm able to be more productive when I start my day off right and I get in my workout and I'm kind of not doom scrolling on Instagram and like, oh yeah, that is so good and taking care of myself, then it spirals into everything else. So win-win. Well, before we talk a little bit about taking care of yourself, because I do want to go into the other set of wellness besides physical wellness, which is mental wellness. Give me some context about how many kids you have. What kind of is your family situation? I have two kids. I have, and my oldest son is four. His name is Zach. And my youngest son is, his name is Evan and he's two and a half. And I have a question. Where are they at this very moment? They are, so my, my oldest son, Zach is in school. He's at his school on the Upper West Side and he's there five days a week now, 8.30 to 2.30, which is amazing. (laughs) I do have a nanny who's with my youngest son and we have a playroom in our building and they're there right now. Since I'm working from home, they pretty much stay out most of the time (laughs) and then but my youngest son's really easygoing. Like he could like bop in here right now, like show me a toy and leave and we could be done with it. My older son, if I'm trying to work from here and he comes in, he needs my full attention and he has to show me something. He needs me to sit next to him. I have to do it with him. Like it's, it's a whole other kid, right? 
but it's to, that's what's been the tough part about working from home because like obviously he needs to come home at some point <laughs> and there was a point he wasn't at school when he was here all the time which was great but also really challenging to work at the same time so I had to find that right balance yeah is your husband working at home also he's working from home too but he's uh, started going in twice a week okay that's nice he's the only person in the office right now well, and I feel like with New York, a lot of things were pretty shut down, but are slowly yes. starting to open up. Everything was shut down, obviously. And like now it's, you know, like small businesses need to get back into business. They need, they need to figure out a way to, to, to survive this time. And you have a small business, but it's not I really do. small. It's actually kind of big, but tell medium. us a little bit. It's medium, medium business. <laughs> tell us a little bit about Jam with Jamie. Can I trademark that medium business? Um, <laughs> Jam with Jamie is my children's entertainment and education company that I started back in 2008. I was the, I wore every hat in the business. I had I really had no intention of it being what it is today. I was trying to make, it was my side hustle as I was auditioning for Broadway and off-Broadway shows. And I started doing children's birthday parties and music classes. And, and I had done a lot of that growing up too. I was an assistant music teacher at a synagogue down in Miami. I had done a lot of children's theater growing up. So this was a very familiar wheelhouse for me. So when it came to looking for a job in the city and I realize I'm a horrible waitress. I'm really bad. It's like not, it's not funny. I'm really good at being waited on. I'm a horrible waitress. <laughs> really great diner though. I'm really klutzy. So I've never had a waitress job because <laughs> I would probably drop food trays on everybody. So I worked retail yeah. instead. Yeah, I wasn't good at that either. Um, <laughs> I really, I had a job at this place called Funky Lala. I don't even know if it's around anymore when I lived in the East Village. And I, I really just liked the vibe of the store. And they're like, you want to help us like lick stamps and not lick stamps, <laughs> like put stamps on envelopes in the back for our mailings. And I was like, sure, because they had a backyard and I could like sit, like I really just wanted to lay out in the backyard because I'm a go-getter. and. <laughs> that's that's how you succeed in life without really trying. So I put stamps on envelopes for them. Anyways, I'm much better at singing for kids, and, which is why I really excelled at this business. And when I booked an off-Broadway show with Lori Berkner's music called Wander's Monster. I she's the one who sings We Are the Dinosaurs, correct? Yes, she does. My yes. daughter is obsessed with that yeah, song. She's, she's the queen of kids' music. She's brilliant. And I was so honored to be a part of that show. And when I booked that show, it was mostly on weekends. So I couldn't really do the birthday parties as much. And so I started hiring other people and I was like, oh, wait, like, I don't have to go to every birthday party. Hold on a second, light bulb. And I started to hire other uh, performers in the city and get them out, going out to birthday parties. I trained them all to do the set that I had learned. And then we very naturally expanded to other states. And now we're in nine states. I have about 50 plus performers on the team. We're, you know, through the pandemic have started offering virtual classes, virtual parties. Now we're doing in-person social distance classes, parties, events, and just like every other small, medium and large business trying to make it work. 
and figure out how to survive. Um, we also started a homeschool program where we send teaching artists to make parents' lives easier. So as you know, like we have kids and there was a point when my kids were not in school last year and it was really hard. And we had, you know, obviously with all of the safety measures we needed to take, we weren't really welcoming people into our homes. And like, it was really challenging. We didn't know what to do at the time. Like we were sheltering in place and that's what we knew. But now we know that there's more safety outside. There's safety measures you can take to be inside with one trusted tutor or, you know, nannies, a caregiver. So there is more support that we can have right now. So that's a void I was helping to fill during this time to send teaching artists to two to five-year-olds age range and run preschools privately, basically. Right. And kids are tend to be of that age, a little bit of a lower risk. But I was wondering through that time with your kids at home, like having this business that all of a sudden had to shift online, was there ever a point where you're like, maybe I'm just going to back away from the business or maybe I'm just going to quit. hundred percent. One million gazillion percent. I was like, what pushed you through? I, I have no idea. I have this problem where I can't stop. I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> I felt like a problem at the time. Sometimes it feels like a problem, but at the time I was like, okay, Jamie, you've been asking for a break. Like here it is. Just put it on pause just like, you don't need to do anything like chill, be with the fam. And my teachers were struggling. Nobody really knew anything about unemployment or when they get back to work. And I'm like a problem solver by nature. Like I had to fix it. And I didn't want to lose the business. I have an operations manager that I wanted to be able to help through it too. I didn't want to let anybody go. Obviously I couldn't support every single person. My operations manager is my best friend is her job was very important to me. And I didn't want to just like put a pause on the business. So I figured it out and we started running virtual classes for free, a donation based, all of the donations went to the performers providing the classes. We got some really nice press along the way, some notoriety and built a community, like a really amazing community during all of the havoc. And it was probably my favorite time ever in the business, even though it was like the worst time personally, not worst time. I've had much worse times, but it was a very challenging time personally. Why do you think it was the most fun? not even fun. It was the most, my heart was so in it and I was so connected to the community. I knew exactly who our people were that were appreciative of what we were doing. I was so grateful for my team. Everybody was at home and loved doing these music classes and seeing the kids on the other side or like watching their comments on like a Facebook live, like shouting out words for what's on the bus, you know, and like what's on the farm. And it just was so beautiful to watch. And a lot of friends in the business who do, who also have entertainment companies and who are children's musicians were noticing the same thing. And they were brought so much joy during such a dark period um, by knowing that they were bringing some positive lights into the living rooms worldwide, really. Like we ended up reaching people worldwide and it was a beautiful thing to watch. And I want to bring that with me in the business now because it's very easy. Okay. We're back in business. Like, let's go at it. Are you on time? Like, you know, do you have your stuff? Da, 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 and you get like wrapped up in the, the price, the rates and the pricing and the 
listings and the, ev- the social media and everything. And it's less about like, why are we doing this? I think that's a big question that a lot of people have been going through with their businesses during this time is why, like, why am I doing this? And getting to that foundational root and core of the passion that why you're pushing this forward and why you're doing it and why you keep going every day. So your why just got stronger. And I know you mentioned before that this wasn't obviously the hardest time. It was really hard. I want to kind of shift gears and talk a little bit about how you're writing a comedic memoir about loss, which seems very, I guess, oxymoron or whatnot, very opposite. I'm a big oxymoron. (laughs) That's just how I like to lead my life. There's no better way, right? Like, let's just lead our lives as oxymorons. Because there's laughter, laughter. sadness, and sadness and laughter. And that's kind of what it is. I'm happy to talk about it. It has to be this balance. Give us a little bit of a background about how this came about and where this this sense of like resiliency and let's go get it and let's, you know, bring happiness into the home. Where did that stem from? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a lot of experience with loss. Unfortunately, my brother passed away in 1998 in a car accident. I was only 13 at the time. Simultaneously, my mom was being treated for breast cancer. And actually she was in remission when he had passed and then went back out of remission like a couple years after that. And my father passed from leukemia five years later. He had a very private battle with it. We didn't really know about it until a year and a half before he passed away. He was trying to protect us. Like it took me a long time to get to the point where I could just let that go. Cause I wish I could have supported him more, but I respect what he needed to do to take care of himself and us. And my mom was battling breast cancer at the same time. She passed five years after him and where the, the comedy comes in. Well, I was a teenager who didn't want to be the death girl. I didn't want to be the poor sat, you know, as my, actually, as my dad would say, those poor schmucks, the poor Epsteins, my maiden name's Epstein. He hated it when people felt bad for us. And he would call the look that we got from anybody in our community, the hang dog face, where someone would come up to be like, how are you doing? Are you okay? You know, like, and he hated that so much. I guess I... I disassociated myself with everything I was going through, even though I put a lot of that grief into my writing. I wrote a lot of music at the time. I don't think I was like completely ignoring it, but I really just wanted to live a normal life as much as possible. I was 13, but you know, starting at 13 years old, there's a lot of awkward funny moments as a 13 year old going into college. I went to the university of Texas at Austin where I majored in how to take a Jaeger bomb. And (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did you not, is that not a major? I'm sorry. I thought it was a major, you know, did I do this all wrong? I thought that I was doing it right. I thought that's why I was Uh, anyways, they believed in me at UT. And so I, I feel like I really, really did well there. And I brought everything I learned there with me to the city <laughs> where I learned how to lick stamps, lick stamps to children. And, and, <laughs> and, lick stamps. and lay out in the back of a funky Lala. 
like just really living. My mom was so proud. (laughs) So, okay. So the premise of the book is that life and loss are intertwined. All of us, no matter what we are, where we live, we're going to experience loss. It is a common thread between all of us. It might not be a death loss of a person. It might be the loss of a job, a loss of a relationship, the loss of a home, the loss. There's so many ways that we experience grief and loss every day. During this period, during COVID, we've all experienced an immense amount of loss. I think a lot of us don't even know how to put words to it, what we're missing right now we're resilient because we're moving forward. We have kids, we have jobs, we're trying to make it work, but there is a lot of underlying grief here. So yes, the book is about my experiences, but it's also about starting a conversation about how the challenges in our lives can make us stronger and how we can, how we are innately resilient, how we are able to get through anything and what are the ways in which you can do that is the conversation that I want to start because it is possible no matter what we're going through to find the light at the end of the tunnel. When all of this happened, what do you think was the first positive step to overcoming this that you took? I don't think I've ever overcome anything. I think what I noticed is that it's a journey. And I, when I embraced that it was a journey and that I don't, there's not an end game that it's that even though my brother passed away over 20 years ago, I might later today, because we're talking about him, I might have a connection with him walking down the streets and I'm standing on a street corner and all of a sudden I start crying and I think about the last time I saw him or what he may have smelled like or how the light over his bed went out, like right before I found out that he passed away or like all these little things that we forget along the way. And that just shows me feeling that connected, even talking about it right now shows me that it's just a never ending journey. There's so many moments that when we're caught up in our daily lives, we forget about. And as soon as we make some space to think about it, it's like it happened yesterday, which just, it shows me that it's a real journey and that we take all those moments and we use it to get to our next moment. And it's this never ending. And that's a good thing. Never ending, not being a bad thing. This It's this process. And all of that just helps us catapult forward. And I I feel like it also helps me just bring them with me wherever I go in life. Especially during this time right now where I know a lot of people have lost, whether it's family or something. In your book, you were saying like you give some tips or advice. Are there any things that you want you can share with us that might help someone right now if maybe they haven't approached it yet or they haven't recognized? Yeah, I I think it's about, I think the the best advice I can give is embracing where you are right in this moment and giving yourself a big hug. There's no recipe, which is why my answer to this is not not super specific because it's, it's really about just embracing your grief process, not comparing it to anybody else's, 
but where are you right now? And that's okay. Like you want to throw things at a wall, like maybe don't throw things at the wall and break the wall, but like figure out another way to get out your energy, go for a run. Like, you know, like if you're feeling angry, like embrace that, like I'm angry, like this sucks. Like life is really hard and notice that like, that, that it's, this is not peaches and cream and that's, it's okay to feel angry. Or if you're feeling great, like have a great day then. I was, I follow Amanda Klutz on Instagram. She's been talking a lot about grief and loss recently. She recently said, I had somebody ask me, how are you today? And I really appreciated that someone said, how are you today? Instead of how are you? Because how we are, I'm like, not great, right? How she is probably not great. She's going through an incredibly difficult time in a very public uh, way. And I found that like to be fascinating, like for someone to, to be able to say, how are you today? Because every single day is very different. Another thing that like, I want to talk a lot about in the, in the book and in life is how to communicate with people that are grieving and, and going through a tough time. And she, Amanda also talks about this a lot, as well as other friends of mine in the space that want to give others tools who mean well, but doesn't always like come across great. Right. So it's really important for friends who want to support their friends or loved ones going through a loss to be there for them in a way that is even 20 years later, that is like, Hey, I'm here for you. You know, whatever you just want you to know, I'm thinking of you not pressing it too much, but showing support in a way it's like, I know that it's must be really hard to, to go through what you're going through right now. And I just want you to know that I love you and I support you and I'm here for you. I think that's like the best thing I've ever felt in connection with a friend and the most supported I've ever felt. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with knowing what to do to support people when they're going through a hard time. So that's important to me to discuss. I feel like that, that is good advice because I know for me, like I have trouble communicating, especially I have like mom friends who have lost a child or had a miscarriage and it's, you yeah. don't want to not talk to them, but then it's like yeah. this elephant in the room. And how do you address that? And then I was curious at how do you address grief with your children? Because, you know, we want to teach them things and we don't want them to be insensitive to say subjects. Like if they ask, oh, where's your mommy? And you realize, you know, your mom had passed or something. How do you talk to your children about grief or do you just let them be joyous and happy and they can deal with it later? So the good thing is, is they're actually joyous and happy no matter what I tell them, right? Like (laughs) I can be like, my brother passed away in a car accident and like my son will be like, oh, like, and like, he's just curious. Like I, and that makes me think like, okay, maybe that was too much information for him. Um, cause I want to show them pictures. Like I show them pictures as much as I can. And I'm like, this is, this is your uncle Alan. And he would ask what happened to him. And I said, he had an accident and he, and he goes, and he would ask more about the accident. I was actually scared. I'm like, should I tell him it was a car? Like, I don't want him to be scared about cars. Like, and I, I ended up telling him, but honestly, I think he forgot. And I'm like, not sure if 
I like, I'm not, I'm still figuring out how exactly to talk to him about it. My guess is I keep showing him pictures. I mean, he does remember everything. So, I mean, he like, we'll go by a neighborhood and he's like, that's that person's house. That's that person's house. So I've been there. So like, he probably does remember, but I feel like the way that they store memories and feelings is so much different than us. So I do want to be fragile about it, but I, I want to be open about it. Like, I don't want to keep him from anything. I want him to know that mommy had a mommy and daddy who aren't here anymore. Mommy had a brother who isn't here anymore. They love you so much. They wish that they could be here to hug you and kiss you and love you when here's pictures of them. And he's very inquisitive. So he will probably continue to ask questions about where they are and how they went. And I'm, I guess I'll just go with my gut and come up with the answers as, as we go. Kind of like the other night when he asked where babies came from and my (laughs) husband actually told him exactly what, like not exactly, but like way too much information. (laughs) We had, I was actually curious about that. Do you, do you tell them like how they were created or do you just tell them where they came from? Because like, I I would say like mommy has, we'll save it for another time. What would you say? Well, I was going to say like, I had three C-sections, so it was easier to tell him the, almost like the literal, like, oh, the baby was in mommy's belly and then they cut mommy open and the baby came out. And that's all that I said. I didn't, I didn't explain how the baby was created. And so I'm just curious. Yeah. So did he give like the whole A to Z explanation? It was like, I forgot. I wasn't there. He just, he put him to bed and then came out. And was like, Zach just like asked me how babies were made. I was like, what did you say? He's like, well, I said that, <laughs> you know, the daddy put something inside the mommy. And then they love each other very much. I'm like, you told him that the daddy put something inside the mommy? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Oh my God. Thankfully, he's he hasn't four. said it. He's yeah, four. He's four. He he's going to go to preschool. Going, he's totally going to his yeah. class and saying, daddy put something inside of mommy and that's a baby. <laughs> so embarrassing. I know. Um, I, I feel like they're at age. So okay. I mean, he was so tired that Abe was already sleeping. Um, and we like, can like that have was a, a redo. That was a good enough answer for me. And <laughs> that was good. So I'm good. I think we're, I'm I think good. we're good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm so, so I solved the case. <laughs> oh, Wow. So I wanted to ask a little bit about your routines and rituals since, you know, today you got your workout, your shower and all of those things, but also going back to just being resilient, are there any rituals or habits that you do daily for yourself to make sure that question when it asks, like, are you, how are you today? You have a good answer for that or that like you've worked on yourself today. Are there any rituals or things that you do daily? Yes. Definitely. And when I do those rituals daily, I am good that day. So I know that about myself, which keeps me going. I meditate twice a day. I've been uh, practicing transcendental meditation since I learned with my mom, actually right before she passed away. My um, best friend, Aaliyah, who's my operations manager, her mom is a teacher in uh, transcendental meditation down in Florida. She's like the head of a program in South Miami. And she gifted, this was like the best gift I was ever given. She gifted me and my mom transcendental meditation. She taught us when my mom was home with hospice. Wow. I feel like TM is this like black box where like there's no information. I like don't know what it's about. And it's like, (laughs) 
it's so you can't Google it. You do. And it's just like, here's where you can learn. And it's just like very, cause I love meditation, but I'm like, what is transcendental meditation? Yeah. It's, um, you know, from, I feel like it's different for everybody, which is what I find so special about it. But for me, it just reminds me of this beautiful time that I had with my mom. And now I can, I take her with me and all of my meditation. I mean, I take all my family with me in my meditations, but it was such a precious time when we learned to meditate together. And it's something that I do twice a day, 20 minutes each time. Mostly I stopped timing myself. Like I kind of know at this point, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's a little more, but waking up and getting that in, even if it's like while I'm sitting next to Zach and Evan, while they're watching Paw Patrol or Wreck-It Ralph, like I am, I'm able to like meditate and like tune everything else out for the most part, or even if I hear it or I've got my thoughts going, I just go back to my mantra and I'm able to like have some, something for myself. I have a friend recently who just had a baby who is, who's also uh, um, a transcendental meditator. And she was like, how do you meditate and also have a newborn at the same time? Like, I, I don't know how to do it. And I'm like, you, you don't need to be so worried about like the noise and the stuff going on. Like the baby will be okay. Like, even if you're I tried to breastfeed and meditate and it like never worked because I'd be really distracted and like, like oh, you mean when something is sucking at you, you're she's not like, distracted? Well, he's going to like suffocate or something. I'm like, he's going to be fine. Anyways, yes, there's going to be distractions, but I figure out how to get it in. Even when there are distractions or in the past years, I've been on the sub where I'm on a, a train or a plane, like I figure out how to get it in. And then the other thing is getting in my workouts having a cup of tea, lighting a candle, sitting at my desk with my computer, like setting aside that time where I am working. I'm not like scatterbrained in a million other things. And I have that space for myself. I'm not doom scrolling, which I'm so guilty of. Oh my gosh. I want, I I deleted Instagram from my phone like 20 million times. Um, (laughs) And that's when I feel like I've had, those are the things that I try and take with me each day. And if I start my day off like that within the first three hours, typically everything else feels good. You know, like I feel like I'm, I've started off right. Start how you'd like to finish is advice that like I've always been given. So that helps me feel organized the rest of the day. Well, you do TM, but are there any other like apps or anything that you use throughout the day that help you also, or it's just your practice that you have? Not really. I don't really have, oh, wait, what was that? I'm not really using something right now. There was, there was this app, I'm trying to find it, that tracked how much I was on my phone and would like it would tell me when to stop being on my phone. Ooh. I'm forgetting the name of the app. I need wait, to wait. delete Instagram here and there. I just, I need to go on a social media detox. I keep saying I'm, I've been trying and I've even been trying to get my husband on board to be like, can we just put the phones down? Can we stop? And it's so hard, but the more that I say it out loud, I feel like consciously I'll be more aware of it, but it is an energy suck. It's just it so... Is. It, yeah. And all the negative stuff you read, it just fills your brain with, with bad things. <laughs> For sure. It's really hard. It's, it's really hard. I just watched this, uh, documentary called the social dilemma, which 
I think a lot of people have watched at this point. I deleted Instagram right after I watched that actually. And then I had to download it back because like I started for work and like, oh, and then of course, once I downloaded back, like I'm like looking at how the post is doing and do I need to post more stories? And like, I'm like, sometimes I'm just like, does it matter? Like how much, I know it matters a little bit, like how much, like my engagement on my Instagram right now is not that great. I think the algorithms, like something's changed, which is like disheartening. And like, I'm working with a life coach. Her name's Antoinette Beauchamp. And she was like, but how's like business going? I'm like, it's great. We're getting all these inquiries. And she's like, so like everything you're doing on social is great. Like, don't think too much about it. You know, like it's, it's doing what it needs to do. Like, it's not based on how many likes you get, but I feel like we get so stuck in our head about engagement and how many people are viewing it. And am I doing it right? And like, Oh oh my goodness. Like I got like half the amount of likes on this. Like, should I take it down? Like there's all these things that we all think about and it's really, it really is toxic. So I'm trying to rid myself of having to be like this stellar social media professional and just run my business and do what we do and love. And remember those feelings I had the beginning of the pandemic of like the why and what the why is, is about providing music and making for children and making families happy and bringing a light into people's lives when a lot of other things are dark. So that is the why. And I do think social is, is important, but not to obsess over it because you know, I do have a tendency to fall into that, which is why I delete it. I like it using it just as a business tool and then, but not for personal enjoyment, I guess, but thinking of it as this is a marketing tool, kind of like my email list or whatever else my website, like here's my marketing tool. And then I'm putting it away. So on that note, I wanted to wrap up with a couple of my questions that I ask everyone, which is, What is your mom's superpower that makes you a better mom in business? So something that you acquired once you became a mom, especially since you owned your company before you were a mom and then after, is there anything that you gained as a superpower? So many superpowers. Patience. (laughs) I understand children more now, obviously. I really thought that I knew them before having spent so much time working with kids I was even a nanny myself at one point for this very high-end lady. That was interesting. But it's not the same as having your own children. Very different. <laughs> very different. My my mom's superhero that helps me in business. Or life. Or or in life. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say I would say patience. My oldest son is very challenging. I don't know. I don't always know which version of him I'm going to get. So that helps me be more resilient in life and work because he's off. So he's, he's a constant, constant challenge and motivator, um, in my life to be patient, to realize that he's four, I'm 35 and I've been through a lot more life than he has. He's still figuring it out. I think as parents, sometimes we forget that they're just four and like figuring things out or two or five or six. And the patience for me has been key to, to listen and to be supportive of him, but also be his parent and guide him. I always feel like I do that exact same thing where I expect so much. And then I have to remind myself, you're only five years old. 
you're only five. You yes. haven't had these experiences yet. Right. Why do I think that you need to act a certain way? And so yeah. that is good advice. And then to wrap it up, what is your number one survival tip for moms right now? Go easy on yourself. You're doing great. Try and find the pockets of time where you can do something nice for yourself. I know what all of our lives look really different right now. But if for me, it's like lighting a candle and having a cup of tea, if you can just find that time to find what you're, what makes you feel good, if it's writing for 10 minutes, 10 minutes, if it's just like sitting on the toilet and closing the door and like, okay, here's my quiet time, light the candle in the bathroom. Like, can you find some time to take a bath? Like, is that possible? I think anything's possible. You know, I think that there's ways for us to carve out any amount of like even a small pocket of time for ourselves to do something that makes us really happy. Is it taking a walk, taking a break? Is it deleting Instagram and taking a social media break? Like finding the times right now to take care of yourself because when we're good, everybody else is good. Typically. I don't want to give us like too much clout, but like typically when mama's doing good, everybody else is happy. Exactly. um, We're (laughs) able to be better business owners, better mamas, better wives, friends, family members, sisters. So, and, and I think that it's important for us to take care of ourselves. So find time to try and do that. Great. Well, thank you so much being on today. Where can we find you? Even though if you're on and off Instagram, but where can we find you? I'm, I'm so jam with Jamie's always on Instagram. Jamie is just sometimes not as involved because she needs like a safe distance, but yes, we're always posting on at jam with Jamie on Instagram. Of course you can find us at jamwithjamie.com and we list everything that we do there. We're on Facebook, but like, is anyone looking at Facebook anymore? <laughs> like, I feel my like I don't know. <laughs> I get like two people that like, like our stuff on Facebook. So we're there. If you want to look for us there, you can check out the archives. Um, and I did find before we get off the app name is called moment. Okay. I will put that in the show notes. And yes. also I think iPhone has like a weekly screen time report that it can send you. That. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. moment like alerts. I don't know if that alerts oh, you. It, moment, no, it doesn't. No. Moment alerts you. And it's like, you've been on your phone for X amount of time. And you said you only wanted to do X amount of time. So if you want to succeed today, then turn off your phone. Um, so it makes <laughs> you, you feel really, ba- makes you feel really <laughs> bad about yourself. But in the end, it's, it turned out to be good. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like they need to mix that with like a positive affirmation. So it's like the scolding, like it's the, but, like, you're doing I great. Need tough love. I need tough love. Like get off your phone now. What are you thinking? Cause it actually yeah. is fairly, fairly sweet. The notes that they send. I need, I need a different version of moment. That's like, okay, do you want to like, did you want your eye to start twitching later because you've been on your phone? So like, I wanted to have like sarcastic, like snarky remarks. Yeah. Feel that carpal <laughs> tunnel coming on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We have a new, we have a new business idea. Well, perfect. Thank you so much, Jamie. It was nice to talk to you. So nice to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. 
And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time. Thank you.